I want to talk about a story because it's kind of simmering under the surface in Hamilton uh, at a number of offices of NDP leader Andrea Horvath. And we talked about a couple of weeks ago about 11 former and current employees who allege they have been forced to leave the office under duress, allegations of things like bullying and stress. One of the allegations that surfaced was leveled at an NDP MPP who was accused of pressuring an employee to file a fake sexual harassment suit against a colleague so that this person could be fired. And now we're starting to get new details about this as the information comes to light in the Bay Observer, suggesting that Hamilton Mountain MPP Monique Taylor is actually facing a human rights complaint accused of harassment. And the documents allege constant bullying and this persistent pressure for this particular employee to file a false sex harassment that poisoned the whole work area. And so the woman is now on medical leave and has launched a suit for $225,000. So let's bring in the person in charge of writing this, investigating this story, John Best. He's the editor and founder of The Bay Observer. John, this is, you know, the second installment, I think, on on pretty much a series that you've been working on. Uh, But it sheds light, I think, not just on the bullying and the harassment, but now we're into territory where a sitting MPP in the NDP party um, has been, you know, accused of forcing someone to make up a false allegation. This takes it into a almost a criminal element now. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with the law, but certainly uh, on the surface, there's uh, there, it, this is some kind of a misdemeanor. That's for sure. To uh, to issue a false statement against someone or, or to encourage someone to do it, I, I'm sure there's people can thumb through their law books yeah. and figure out where the where the, uh, um, you know where where this is uh, against some code, uh, whether it's criminal or not, I don't know, but it's bad. Take me through the allegations because the woman that has now taken this, um, I guess this MPP and is planning on uh, not just a civil action, but uh, the human rights tribunal route is where she's going to go with this. Take me through some of the allegations she uh, puts towards Miss Taylor. Well, um, as I mentioned in the, in the story, these offices typically have two employees. And uh, in this case, uh, there was uh, one employee who um, uh, was, was a very bright and kind of bubbly employee uh, who uh, was a, a little bit touchy-feely and, you know, would compliment the the other employee on her appearance and uh, on her, you know, generally was, was friendly, a little bit huggy, you might say. And uh, this caught the attention, I guess, according to the documents of, of the member, uh, Monique Taylor. And uh, at one point she called in the, the girl, uh, uh, the... Uh, the, the woman that was receiving the hugs and basically said, uh, I think what, what your coworker is doing is wrong, and I want you to file a complaint with the Human Resources Department. And uh, the, the woman, uh, Sandra, said, no, I'm not going to do that. I, I don't find her behavior objectionable. And that's kind of where it started. And then from that moment on, according to the... Uh, the filing. Um, it was just uh, repeated attempts by Taylor to get her to uh, file the human rights complaint and uh, repeated refusals. And then finally, uh, according to the document, um, uh, Taylor, the MPP, filed uh, 
the uh, complaint uh, to HR about this woman herself and then was pressuring uh, Sandra to uh, participate in the investigation and provide testimony against the other woman. And uh, again, uh, she refused. And at that point, the relationship, got to remember that this, this woman, Sandra, says in her in her testimony that she'd been a friend of Monique's for 34 years. Mm-hmm. So they go back, obviously, to childhood or teens almost. And uh, the relationship broke down at that point, and uh, the pressure continued. Uh, she says that Taylor threatened her with a, with a performance evaluation, something that had not been done before. And ultimately, Sandra went on a, on a sick leave and sh- uh, stress leave, which she's still on, and filed both a grievance and now more recently filed this human rights complaint. Yeah, and a suit for $225,000, which I guess would be the grievance. And so Miss um, Taylor has issued a statement, and, and I'll read it just so we have her side of, on the record. She says, if an employee has engaged a formal process to resolve her concerns, I look forward to participating and being fully cooperative. In fact, our Human Resources Department has been proposing a fully independent investigation of this employee's concerns for months. To date, neither the employee nor her union have agreed to participate. I look forward to the outcome of any investigation into this matter. Um, okay, so then the other side of this would be what, why is Sandra waiting or is she waiting? Well, she said in, in her filing that, that while she has filed the human rights complaint, she's going to wait for the outcome of the grievance first. It'll take priority, and uh, then she will, uh, depending on how that uh comes out, she will then pursue the uh, the human rights complaint. I guess the problem uh, with the member's comment or statement that she issued is it, it it sort of makes it seem like there's only this one employee with whom there are problems. And, right. and of course, the basis of our story was, was the number of people uh, at, at all three of these uh, NDP constituency offices that have had problems. But there were certainly uh, at least three or four people in Taylor's office that were either on sick leave, severed, uh, terminated, uh, or, or quit. So the, the statement sort of makes it look like it's just a, a, a quarrel between herself and, and one employee. And I, you know, I just say that's not uh, an accurate picture of what went on there. And Ms. Horvath is aware of these um, um, allegations, the the 11 cases. I know this because she has been asked about it. But the issue itself, John, has really flown under the radar. And we are in election mode campaigning. And I'm not sure why someone who is selling themselves to be the premier um, and running an election is not being held to account or being challenged, um, let's say, like the premier would or even Doug Ford would. Why does Ms. Horvath seem to get a free ride on this? I don't know. You'll have to ask the uh, Queen's Park Press Gallery, I guess. I, I, I really don't know. But uh, certainly there are suggestions, more than suggestions. There have been people in her own, uh, Horvath's own constituency office who who have left, and at least in one case I can think of is on an extended sick leave. Um, so, there, you know, it's all three of these offices, and I'm sure they would just like this thing to go away, but... I'm hearing uh, from from sources that there are going to be more filings. There's going to be more allegations uh, in the not-too-distant future. So we'll just have to follow it and see where it goes.
Yeah, I mean, look, if they want to represent and they want to be part of the uh, lawmaking game and they want to, um, you know, point their finger of blame whenever any other issue comes up, they themselves should be held to account when their um, names surface with allegations behind them. And and to your understanding, is Monique Taylor planning to run again for her seat? Oh, I think so. I, 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 I'm not sure whether, frankly, she's been nominated yet or not, but I believe she has. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a funny thing. I mean, if you if you go back in history, I mean, this is the party of Stephen Lewis and Bob Ray, and those are two men that went on to, I think, in most people's minds, become statesmen. Uh, and uh, this is uh, where we are now uh, with what's going on, at least here in Hamilton. And I, I suspect, uh, to be completely fair, Alex, I'm, I'm sure this doesn't begin and end with NDP writing associations. I'm starting to hear that there's problems in writing associations in other cities, uh, writing uh, offices, and it's not all NDP, mm-hmm. but uh, this is the one that, we're, that we have the documentation on and that we're, that we're looking at here in Hamilton. Yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, look, it's not necessarily always a nice game. It's a, it's a pretty sharky world. Um, I think, though, if you're the party that says you fight for the worker, you fight for the, uh, the, the, the little guy, um, and then you're pointing your finger in, in the Me Too period, um, being in this heightened, you know, period. Um, if you're going to wag the finger, you know, of morally being superior at other people, you know, you better, you better be living to perfection yourself. The optics are bad, let's face it. It's, it's, uh, it's got to be an embarrassment to, uh, you know, not only the people directly involved, but, you know, there's, uh, there's, Hamilton has a history of, um, of being an NDP stronghold, and, and you know, there's a, there's a lot of what I would say NDP uh, pedigreed type of people that, uh, you know, are, are more your intellectual um, socialists and progressives, and I'm sure this is a source of embarrassment for a number of people. Yeah, and like you said, it's a simmering matter now, but it may in fact bubble to the surface right uh, around a, a time that she doesn't want this to get there, uh, closer to the election. Yeah, tick-tock. Tick-tock. John, we'll stay tuned for the next chapter in this. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Alex. John Bass joining us from the Bay Observer, who's been breaking this story for the last couple of weeks.